friends, welcome to the Building 58 podcast. My name is Heather Taves and I'm sitting next to my husband, Chris Taves. What's up, Heather? Hello. How's it going tonight? Well, you just said something that I thought was really interesting. You said we prayed before we started this podcast and you you thanked the Lord for an opportunity for us to encourage ourselves and to speak truth over ourselves. And I think that is so I think people need to hear that. You know, they need to hear that people that are constantly encouraging others and are speaking God's truth for other people, that we have to do that for ourselves too. Mm -hmm. And I would say most of the time when we sit down to do these podcasts, this is coming from our own place of really needing to encourage ourselves and to remind ourselves of God's truth in our own lives. Yeah, for sure, because we... All of us, whether we know it or not, are being attacked uh, by our enemy. We have an enemy that's very active and wants to steal, kill, and destroy mm-hmm. everything about us, starting with our identity, starting with our what's in our heart and in our minds. Mm-hmm. And if we're not conscious of that, then game's over. Yeah, that's right. And we've been talking about that a lot lately. You and I have back and forth yeah. and about what's in our mind and, and battling those thoughts in our mind. But maybe this is someone's first time listening and they've bumped into this podcast and they have no idea what we're about. So (laughs) I want to just remind everyone what Building 58 is about. You know, we are at the very beginning stages of this ministry and of this vision that God has put into our hearts. And Building 58 comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 58. And I just want to read this because it's so powerful and I feel like we can't say it enough. The Lord, this is verse 11, the Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as rebuilders of walls and restorers of homes. And that's the whole point. That's the vision behind Building 58. It's empowering leaders and families. And that's our heart's desire. That as we're empowering our own family and our own leadership, we want to be a voice, voices for other people to empower them as leaders and to empower their families mm-hmm. as they lead their families too. Yeah, that's so good, Heather. I It's interesting. The Lord will guide you continually. So it's not like a, I think growing up for the, for those of us who've been saved, for been Christ followers for a long time, or maybe just a short time, the tendency is that we've believed this lie that it's a, a one-time prayer, one-time decision. Mm. And that verse, verse 11 starts out saying, the Lord will guide you continually. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a step every moment of Jesus is moving. He's, he's going ahead of us. And it's our responsibility to follow him. You know, he turned to his disciples and said, come and follow me. And then he started walking. And so are we, are we chasing after him the same way that he chases us down? And then I love what also grabbed my attention there. Cause we know this verse, this is what we named the ministry after, mm-hmm. but that you will be like, there's so much water analogy. And we just spent a weekend where we spent some time rafting, I should say, yeah, rafting. on a beautiful river in Canada. And it says you'll be like like an ever-flowing spring. Mm-hmm. And we, we talked about this in, in relation to something else, but um, water can sit in a lake and yeah. do nothing. 
But yep. God wants us to flow because mm-hmm. he has a current. His spirit moves. It doesn't just sit there and, you know, create mosquitoes. It's mm-hmm. it's moving. It's flowing. It has a purpose that it's doing. Yes. And so when we're in the center of his will, when we're, when we're being guided continually by him, we're flowing into his purposes and plans and reaching people, reaching these cities that are to be rebuilt. Mm-hmm. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the name of Jesus and his spirit flowing through us to reach other people. Well, and I, I want to highlight something there, Chris, because I think so often we, as as ordinary people going about our lives, we think, well, someone else is called to lead. Someone else has that title. It's someone else's responsibility to take action for this problem or for this need that might arise. But no, it is every single one of us has inside of us, built into us, that God has put into us leadership. And it's time for us all to rise up and to see that we are called to be leaders. You you might, everyone leads something, mm-hmm. right? Um, but how do you take that leadership and really affect the people around you and affect the kingdom of God? And so that is why, that's what we want to do. We want to call that leadership out mm-hmm. in every single person, no matter if you have a title or you don't have a title that others or the world will look at as leader um, capacity or yeah. leader ability. Yeah, titles are really irrelevant. You're, the position you have on your org chart at work is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. It's about leading, whether you are the guy with the broom that just started at the lowest pay scale, right. you can be a leader for the glory of God. But you have to see from a different perspective in order to do that. I don't think that we've done a very good job in the Christian world of helping people recognize their leadership ability. I think we've limited it to people who stand up on a stage or have a degree in, uh, you know, from a Bible school. But it is the dad at home that goes and works on plumbing all day long. He is a leader. It is the mom who does lunch duty at the cafeteria in the elementary school. She is a leader. It is the 11-year-old kid on the playground, you know, or on his soccer team. He is a leader. And it's time, like you said, to shift our mentality, shift our perspective to the fact that God has put that in each one of us. Mm -hmm. And back to the the water analogy, if we're we're all just self-absorbed and and kind of this Eeyore mentality that someone else, the person on the quote-unquote platform is the leader, then we're just going to create our little pockets of isolation, little lakes all over the place. But we could actually join with the Spirit of God into the flow of his river, and pretty soon those little streams, when you and I are joining together and merging into his flow, create giant rivers that affect massive things for the kingdom of God. That's so good. And I love this continues on in Isaiah in chapter 60 at the very end. And it says, verse 22, the smallest family will become a thousand people Mm -hmm. and the tiniest group will become a mighty nation at the right time. The Lord will make it happen. And then I wrote in the margins of my Bible, we can't afford to think small anymore. Mm -hmm. It's time to have kingdom mentality and to think what is God called? First of all, me specifically, 
to do, us as a couple if you're married, and then our family. What is he calling us to do? It's time to stop having small mentality, to having poverty mentality, and to having this mighty, we're called to greatness, we're called to all that God has for us. Yeah, absolutely. We're... I think we've done ourselves a disservice by, you know, limiting what God wants to do. And, and we, not that there's anything wrong with five-year plans or these long-range plans. That's that's great. But what is the next thing right in front of you that the Spirit is moving? You know what it is. Hmm. God's placed that burden on your heart. You go do that thing. Yeah. Because you can't walk a thousand miles until you take one step at a time yeah. to get there. The journey might be far ahead and you might have this huge dream that God's put on your heart, but there's one step at a time that needs to be taken in order to get to that destination. Right. And it's usually all of those small faithful steps that add up. Exactly. And then you get to the end and you realize it was all the small steps that actually equal the big dream that you have. Yes. And really the dream is in the steps. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no... I, this is going off on a tangent maybe, but I hate the word retirement. Hmm. There's nowhere in scripture are we called to hang it up hmm. or to stop doing and just this, going back to the water analogy, this lake mentality. Yeah. We're called to join in this river hmm. that's flowing and it's going somewhere. Yeah. Do you have different seasons? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't ever plan to retire, so to speak. To me, that's and I know that it's using that broadly, but to me, that's giving up. You, you know, there's so many people, The I know there's statistics out there, but when people have actually stopped working, stopped engaging their mind and their heart in something, the death rate goes spikes hmm. because they, they've, they've bought into this lie that, uh, you know, I can't really live until I'm um, – reach this certain age or this certain money level or whatever, and you work all your life so hard to get to this certain point that's just a lie, when the next step in front of you where you are is where it's really at. Hmm. That's really good. One of my favorite speakers that I've ever heard live, speak live, was at If Gathering a couple of years ago. Her name was Jill Briscoe, and I think she was in her 80s. I don't want to say exactly because I can't remember for sure, but she was definitely older than me and has... Um, been through many seasons of ministry. And I remember her, I'm not going to quote her because I won't get it exact, but I remember her talking about asking God to let her rest. Like she's done all this incredible work. She um, has met many of the greats of of our Christian faith along the way. And she just, she, she wanted to rest. She was tired. She was ready for a break. And basically the Lord told her, you're still breathing. Like, you're not done until you're with me in paradise. And to hear her say that, to stand on that stage and say that to this room full of women, you know, most of us were younger, middle-aged, was so, one, empowering, because it it reminded me that my race is not done until Jesus calls Mm -hmm. me home. And here was someone I could look to and point to and be like, well, Jill Briscoe can do it. Heather Taves can mm-hmm. do it. Well, and I think that's you hit on something there because we're, we're kind of talking about this mind battle and heart battle, right? That's where we started off today. But, you know, s- people are on both sides of that coin. They've potentially bought into the lie that I'm too young to do this, to do X, Y, and Z. Or they say, oh, I'm too old. I'm too finished. Mm-hmm. When 
um, God has something for you right where you are. We're so focused on the past mm. sometimes or the future that we miss what's right in front of us. Yeah. So what do you say to someone who's like, okay, I want to take that next step. I want to be in the race. I want to be in the game, but I have no idea what that means. I have no idea what path I'm supposed to be on. What do you say to that person? We make it too, too complicated. Taking a step involves lifting up your foot and planting it further than it was. It's it's pretty simple, but the enemy freezes us with fear. It's happened to all of us. It's happened to you. It's happened to me. And we battle that every single day. Fear is one of his biggest tactics. And confusion. Mm-hmm. We say, you know, because it's so many steps to get to to this big dream God's put in our heart, we just don't take any steps. But what if someone doesn't even know what that dream is? Well, you know, what if someone says, well, I... I don't even know what's, what path I'm walking on. What do you say to that person? It's a great question. I think they have to have a, um, a moment of solitude with the Father and some heart checks. Because God's going to put a dream on your heart. And if it's so cluttered, if the, the windshield's so messy that you can't even see out of it, then you need to stop and have some significant uh, moments of solitude with Jesus mm-hmm. to figure out what he's placed in your heart. Cause he's put something there, but maybe there's so many lies and webs of confusion that need to be removed first that you need to stop and just fix your eyes on Jesus first and foremost. That's really good. I just heard a pastor say we were listening today to a podcast and he said, isolation and solitude are two very different things. Isolation is when you retreat and it's about you and you you back away from you, you do people. from people you do what you want to do solitude is when you go away to be with god mm-hmm. isolation is when you go away to be with yourself yeah. you binge on netflix you fill yourself yeah. with all of the things to sort of numb whatever it is that you're running from or hiding from yeah Solitude is what Jesus did mm-hmm. to get alone with the father many yeah. many times so what i'm hearing you say is that you you meet with jesus you spend some quality time asking God. You know, this has come up over and over and over again in my last couple of weeks. God, what am I supposed to do? I've heard, you know, I've interviewed other guests that have said this. What am I supposed to do? And they asked God. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so interesting because I think often we tell God what we want him to do for us. God, do this for me. Heal my child. Fix my finances, get me a job. You know, we tell Mm -hmm. God these things. And I think sometimes God just wants us to say, God, what do you want me to do? What is my step? What am I supposed to do? And then listen and don't rush it. Like don't, God, you might not get an answer immediately. You might, you might have to sit and commune and have some solitude with the Lord and listen before there's clarity. Yeah, and and wrestle with him like Jacob did. You know, he he wouldn't let he wouldn't let him go. And sometimes that's what it's about. It's we've made prayer life about talking when it's really what I'm learning because I've done it wrong so many times. It's really more about listening. It's about a position of our hands and heart that are open and saying god what do you want me to do and and he'll speak it may be it's a process it, you may get the answer right away you may be wrestling all night or days hmm. 
but it's it's a matter of uncluttering your heart so that you can listen to what to, to his voice. That's good. And here's what I found over and over and over again. You might hear his voice. You might feel something like, I think that was God. And then he'll confirm it. He'll yeah. confirm it through his word almost all the time through his word. Two sometimes, or three witnesses. Yes. Sometimes through someone else yeah. that will give you, you will hear something on a podcast that you'll go, oh yes, that just confirmed what I'm supposed to hear. A lot of times if you're in that, and you can, I feel like you can be listening in a lot of different places of your life. Obviously there's sometimes you physically need to get away to have solitude mm-hmm. and that's great. Make sure it's not like you said, isolation and, and just getting away for yourself, but it's getting away to be with Jesus. There's that difference again, but I feel like you need to build, we need to build that rhythm into our, our lives, wherever we're at in our daily schedule of just, whether it's 10 seconds here or there, whatever it is, to be listening. Mm-hmm. Because he'll show you things in the daily, what we would call the mundane. He'll show you clues and answers in those situations if you're open to, to see them. Okay, so we have a story about this, actually, if you don't mind that we share this story. My life is an open book, Heather. <laughs> You've been saying that to me since... 2001. Yeah, and it has become continually more true. (laughs) Okay, so we shared um, last month about just some circumstances in our life that we've been walking through with some changes in your job. And several weeks after that had happened, I noticed that you have this pair of shoes that you wear all the time. And they were your favorite shoes that you wear, you know, for like casual shoes. And they were coming apart on the scene, just like busting open because they're old. You'd had them a long time. I must have been taking some steps then. You were taking some (laughs) steps. Um, And so I just mentioned, because shopping is is your favorite. You love it so much. Oh, man, I start to sweat (laughs) in a bad way. I I know that if I... If I want to make you upset, I just have to mention going shopping, and you're just not a happy man. There's something about I l- actually like buying clothes. I know this sounds crazy, but I don't the believe pro- that. Well, listen to me. The process of trying things on in those dressing rooms—it's that's a criminal. I think I feel like that's <laughs> what they do to terrorists: is say go into this Bergner's or whatever dressing room. And try on 15 sweaters. I'm sure there are some terrorists that would probably love to trade places with you. Well, some days I've, well, no, I won't go there. <laughs> okay, so anyway, we, I noticed, we were standing in the kitchen and I noticed that your shoes were falling apart. And I said, hey, we should go out tonight after dinner and buy you a new pair of shoes. To which you gave me the death stare that you give me whenever I mention shopping. And then you... Is it really a death stare? Oh, it's... It's like, yeah, I I feel like you give it me the look like I'm going to die if I have to do this. Yeah. To then, which you replied, I really do not want to spend money on shoes right now. To which I said, okay, and let it go. And you did just like that. And in my mind, several weeks before, we had had this sit-down conversation with our children about being more careful about how we spent money because we didn't know the situation with your job, what was going to happen. You know, at that time, it wasn't, it was unclear 
with your boss having been let go and sure. yeah. all the different things. And so we were trying to be very wise and just say, hey, let's not spend any extra money right now. And that had been a few weeks before. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, Chris must be really stressed and concerned about our financial situation if he doesn't want to go spend $30 on a pair of new shoes. Not that is a want, but is a need because his are falling apart. That's what went through my head. And I let it go because I honestly didn't want to go into that conversation with you right then and there. Then what happened? Well, then a few days later, was it a couple days later? I think so. I had realized, and I don't even know what made me process this, just I guess because I'm a deep thinker deep process it does take you a while to think through things yeah no but i had realized and, and you know we don't communicate perfectly absolutely you know we don't we don't we don't <laughs> but we do work very hard on our communication yes uh in our marriage and you know one of the things i i have known from a long time ago from mistakes i've made is if there's an unresolved communication situation, I need to come back to that point and fill in the rest of the story mm-hmm. for you. And so what I had realized is, honestly, in that moment when I responded that way, I couldn't even tell you why I responded that way. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know. It was mm-hmm. it was not about the shoes. Mm-hmm. It was not about the money. It was not about the shoes. It was a reaction to something else that was going on, to stress in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's where it came out which you didn't really you weren't even able to identify that in that moment no i this is a couple of days later yeah. i'm processing the situation i'm thinking why did i even respond like that because i actually do want new shoes i need new shoes and for the record you had been talking about it for like yeah and i'd been six months the day before i think i had even said hey let's go and get some shoes this weekend right so i was completely confused and as you should have been. And so I'm processing this and realizing, I think, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. It was obviously stress-induced, had nothing to do with the money, had nothing to do with the shoes, but it just came out of me. It mm-hmm. was like I was kind of watching this mm-hmm. third person, yeah, kind of an out-of-body experience, if you will. That might be going too far, but it, it was a, one of those reactions that I didn't even – that it just happened. Okay. And what I realized was – one, I needed to come back to you and tell you, hey, this wasn't about money. This wasn't about shoes. This was about something else. This is about stress. Right. Resolve it with me so that I Resolve didn't go it with on you thinking first. that yep. we were going to be living on the street. And then we started to have these conversations about, okay, where did that come from? Yeah. And the more I thought about it, the more I kind of analyzed myself, analyzed other people. I think we all do this. Yeah. We all have reactions to things that aren't really about the thing we're reacting to. Yeah. And that was happening to me in that moment. Yeah. And so for me in that moment, I realized I, all this buildup of stress, I wasn't having my white space that I needed. I wasn't having the rest that I needed. I wasn't having the one-on-one time with Jesus that I needed to have. Yeah. And that's what it built up and re- and caused that reaction yeah. in that moment. And it was so interesting because – and the reason we're telling this story is because we want you to see in real life how this works, how this communication thing can affect individuals and marriages. We're standing in our kitchen having this conversation, and you're telling me 
I realized that it wasn't actually about the shoes. And you're sort of, this is all coming out. You're you're processing this out loud with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm helping you and I'm, oh, you're right. It's because, you know, you, you've had all this stress on you. And, and then you even said, normally when I get really stressed, I can... I can tell and I stand up and I go take a walk. I go outside and I walk around. Um, I remove myself from whatever the situation that, and you said I hadn't done that in yeah, I'll, days. I'll even, absolutely, I did say that. And I'll even, I've got rhythms that I build into my life and it may not be like clockwork, mm-hmm. but it's a rhythm. Mm-hmm. It's a pattern. And so if if I'm have a difficult conversation on the phone with a customer or something's upsetting at work, I know that for the good of myself, I cannot just sit down and write another email or answer another phone call. I need to go take a five-minute walk mm-hmm. and or maybe longer. And so I do that. I mm-hmm. go and take a walk, and that's part of that processing, mm-hmm. that white space, that rest, if you will, clearing that I need, mind. the clearing the mind to really clear my mind so so I can get to what's going on in my heart. Yeah. And then I'm able to respond from a much better place. Yeah. And so in this moment with the shoes, yeah. I had not been doing that. Right. Um, and it built up and I reacted in that moment. Yeah. But I think I think so many of us, if you sit back and analyze kind of your own reactions to things, maybe your, your reaction to something today, whatever it was, I bet you can find an instance mm-hmm. in your day today or the last few days where you reacted to something and it wasn't about the thing you reacted to. Right. It was coming from a completely different route. Right. Is that old saying, it's the straw that broke the camel's back? You right. know, it's like you react to a situation that's really not that big of a deal because really the shoes is not about the shoes. I mean, that's kind of a silly little thing that led us to have this conversation about what the real struggle was, what the root of it was. But it's that little thing that causes you to react. And that's the key. When you do react to something, you do lash out or you find yourself um, arguing about something or you find yourself angry about something or upset. Step back. Take a moment. Ask the Lord, what is this? Where's this coming from? What's the root? Because usually it's a root that needs to be dug up and dealt with mm-hmm. on a spiritual level so that what's coming out of your mouth or what's what's in your mind is um, is a reaction to what that root yeah. is. And I think if you let that stress or that, that situation build up and pile up, you'll have these moments, but you'll also go back to default areas. So if you have anger issues. Yeah. It'll go back to that root unless it's completely cut off and dealt with. Um, it'll go back to whatever that is. Anger, lust, whatever that hurt. might be. Hurt, guilt, shame. Yeah. Um, it goes back to isolation. Mm-hmm. All those things can be a result of of that buildup. Yeah. So the question is, how do we keep developing these? Because I'm someone that that's pretty, I would say pretty good. I've found a, a place of these rhythms of rest in my life. But obviously, I am human. Mm-hmm. I make mistakes, but I yeah. want to learn from that mistake. So how do we do that? So you shared with us one of your rhythms of like going and taking a walk when you're at work. Yeah. What are a couple of other rhythms? Because everyone needs to find their own, but sometimes it helps people to hear what others are doing. Yeah. Some of my other ones are I've got a half-hour commute every day to work. So I'll I'll listen to podcasts 
intentionally, not like not just filling my mind with garbage, but intentional things that I want to listen to, message series, um, leadership talks, those kind of things. But I'll also probably two out of two or three out of five days, at least one way in or one way back, I will just spend praying, mm. like turn off the noise and I'll talk to Jesus. Yeah. And those are some of the, I'll get the best, obviously you keep your eyes open when you're driving, Yeah. but I'll get the best revelations hmm. when I'm driving. Okay. Very practical note. Are you praying out loud? Sometimes. Hmm. Sometimes yes. Sometimes no. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think for me, sometimes I find that it helps to pray out loud, even though I c- might feel like a little bit of an idiot talking well, we to myself all, in the car. We all sing. We talk. all sing and have seen people <laughs> singing right. and jamming. Right. So if if you can sing, you can pray out. But loud. it's it's easier for me to pray out loud because I don't get as distracted in my mind. I think. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah, I, I so would say praying. most of the time I'd pray out loud when I'm by okay, myself. Okay. So anything else? Any other rhythms? I think the biggest one. Uh, and this may be goes goes without saying, but is starting the day off in the Word. Hmm. I think that's. I, I mean, you will have a noticeably different day. At least I've found if you start the day off in the Word, because that that roots you into truth. Yeah. Um, and you can't afford not to. Yeah. And I'll be honest. In the last month, I, that rhythm has been hard for me, and I bet I'm guarantee you that's why some of these. Um, stress reactors are is because of that and there's i have nothing against the the bible verse of the day i think that's awesome that that pops up on most of our phones but you need more than that oh yeah i'm talking like intentional digging into chapters yeah yeah. and and asking god for revelation asking god for a revelation in a psalms and in an isaiah like Going through, I would pick, take a book of the Bible and yeah. read through it. Even if it seems like it's a really obscure book, open it up, read it, find, you know, Google search the history of that book so you know what context mm-hmm. you're in. You know, are you, are, is this a prophet? Is this an mm-hmm. apostle's story? Is this Psalms and Proverbs, you know, that David or Solomon wrote? Find out a little bit of history. You don't have to do much. Mm-hmm. Google search is an amazing tool, but then you know kind of what it is you're reading, and then ask God. Like every single time I open my Bible, every single time, something jumps out at me. And it's almost like the words just like leap off the page or they're highlighted. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my goodness, that was for me. And he will do that for you. If you take the time, if you take that step, because I think that is the most valuable step you can take. I agree. um, Along with praying and talking to the Lord. But picking up your Bible and asking God to reveal something to you because he will do it. Yeah, I would say if you if you are intentionally reading several chapters a day, mm-hmm. like last summer I read through Romans, and I, um, I read the same chapter for a week before I went to the next chapter. Mm-hmm. And it was – I'd get something new every day from like Romans 1. I'd get something – on Monday, and then this, I'd read the same thing again Tuesday and get something, something totally new. Yeah, that's so good. But uh, that's just how powerful, because it's living and active. Like, this is not just words on a page. These are, this is the word of God. Yeah. It, it, it's living. It, it cuts deep yeah. if you allow it to. Yeah. So then when you have those rhythms in your life, I know, because I've lived this, I've seen you live it, we've lived it as a couple and as a family, 
those dreams will be revealed and mm-hmm. probably things you don't even realize are dreams yet that God has for you. He'll show you when you're yep. taking when you're putting those rhythms in place and then you're taking that next step and it might be a tiny little step, it might feel like nothing at all, but then God lights up the next step and you mm-hmm. take that and then he lights up the yep. next one. And it all really does start with those rhythms in your life and being intentional about spending time with the Lord. Absolutely. Totally agree. So I, Psalm 91 is something that's written on the top of our stairway. Yeah. And it's a very important chapter to us. But I was just thinking about this before we got on the podcast tonight. And verse one just stood out to me about rest. Hmm. And I love this. It just, this just jumped out to me five minutes before the, we started this podcast. Psalm 91 verse one, it says, those who live in the shelter of the most high will find rest in the shadow of the almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. And it goes on. The rest of it is so powerful. It goes on. But I thought verse the first three words jumped out at me. Those who live, hmm. that's a state of being active. Mm-hmm. That's not yeah. That's not rest for isolation's sake. That's not Netflix binging. That's a state of resting with a purpose. Yeah. And I think that's so crucial. The Passion Translation says it this way, when you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, you're hidden in the strength of God Most High. Hmm. Well, thanks for letting us share your slash our story about the shoes. Did you end up getting shoes? I did. My wife helped me pick them out. I got two pair of shoes. Wow. Got a double portion. Wow. Living high. Yep. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us on the Building 58 podcast. We love all you out there. We'd love to hear uh, what's going on in your lives. I know we heard from a few of you recently. So feel free to message us on Instagram or email at us at bldg58team at gmail.com. Also, Chris, if they have any topics that they specifically want to hear us talk about or want encouragement in, whether it's parenting or marriage or leadership or church ministry, or I know something you're really passionate about is um, being in the business world, but also being in ministry world and how those two collide and kingdom mindedness. And so anything under the sun really is, is up for discussion and we'd love to hear what you yes yeah, send us your thoughts and ideas we'll uh, we'll, we'll get it on here yep Soon. sounds good thanks for listening we'll talk to you next time